Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Our latest edition of Point of Order captures the conversation with John Warren and Pat Beeler, both former NSPS past presidents and longtime participants in legislative efforts. John also serves as the NSPS Political Action Committee Chair, so we talk a little more about why financial support of the PAC is important to our cause. They help describe our specific focus on how NSPS is an advocate to not just its members, but to all surveyors nationwide. My name is Tim Birch, NSPS President-Elect, and I learned much more about these two gentlemen than I previously knew after recording this episode. They are both great role models and have served the profession well. So, without further delay, NSPS is proud to bring you our latest point of order here on this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. This one is another, we're going to say, this was actually going to fall under the point of order uh, series that we're doing as far as legislation and NSPS being an advocate for the surveying profession and the surveyor. And my guests today are actually, I kid them about being has-beens, but they are actually past presidents of NSPS, uh, very, very active members leading up to their presidency and beyond uh, that they've they've stayed in touch with everything that NSPS has done as well as the state association out here in Washington as we'll get into. Um, I'd like to welcome Mr. Pat Beeler uh, with us and then also Mr. John Warren, uh, like I said, both past presidents. And uh, Pat, would you give us a little background on who you are and what brings you here today? What brings me here today, uh, Tim, is that by accident, I got hired to work on a survey crew in 1967. Like a lot of uh, the fellow surveyors that actually were looking for work and got an opportunity with Department of Natural Resources to be a rear chainman on a crew running cadastral GLO retracement. And uh, that got me into surveying. And, and part of it was somebody was my mentor at the beginning, my first party chief, Joe Glidden. And I've tried to pass that on as I've uh, been a member of the profession for all these many, well, 52 years now. And I left the department after nine and a half years. I had an opportunity to go out in the private sector, work for engineering firms, structural firms, um, did uh, actually worked on a nuclear plant out in western Washington, the Satsa plant, heavy construction, and the gold mine up in Idaho, open pit mine, and then a lot of other things. But I uh, had my own business for 13 years, and that's when I got really active in NSPS, and I really enjoyed it. In fact, uh, I followed John, he was our uh, member of the Board of Governors, uh, the predecessor to what's now the Board of Directors. But he was on the Board of Governors, and uh, uh, one of our fellow surveyors, John Abenroth, was on the Directors, and he uh, had to leave because he had some uh, medical conditions. John got promoted. And suddenly I was immediate past president of the LSAW, Land Surveyors of Washington, and uh, I was asked to take the job on as the Board of Governors, and I did that for three years, and then I got elected chair of the Board of Governors. And I thought, okay, that's great, two years is that. And then after five years, I made my, my uh, goodbye to, uh, I thought I was going to leave. And sure enough, uh, Jerry Goodson calls me up and he says, hey, Pat. Would you be interested in running for pre vice president? And I thought, oh, goodness, Jerry, no. And he said, well, we got Matonich to run. 
And so I was going to run against Matthias. Oh, yeah, put me down, you know. Everybody knows John. I mean, really a great guy, but I won for I, how that happened. So I became vice president and worked up into the NSPS. And, but in all that time, when I had my own business and I was involved, I was involved with state legislature. And I've been mostly on the state side. In fact, as we're sitting here, I'm watching a uh, on live hearing with our TVW, a live broadcast of a, of a hearing on a bill for the NSRS 2022 update to our legislature. And so we're very involved in that. And if, the, if they have the hearing and it goes to executive session, it'll go on the Senate floor next week. And hopefully it'll pass and then it'll go off to the governor and we'll have solved our, our riddle of getting rid of NAD 83 and going to NSRS 2022. Very good. So I stay very active in that stuff. Very good. Yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll get back into that specific legislation in a little bit because it is very important. I'd like for you both to weigh in on that. But Mr. John Warren, why don't you give us a little background on what, how did you start in surveying <laughs> and how did you get to, to present day? Well, Tim, I, I have a similar story as Pat. I suspect many of us uh, in surveying do. I got into it by accident. I would like to have gone to college. I would love to have studied for that. Um, however, uh, I got in uh, through the field. Had was fortunate to have an excellent mentor. He was even a licensed uh, surveyor as my party chief. And I guess you could say the rest is history. Um, although having the good mentors along the way is the one that gave me the inspiration to get professionally involved, not just licensed, but to get involved in the promotion of my profession. Uh, Al Hebrank was my greatest mentor, and who is a past president of NSPS and LSAW. Uh, so I guess I felt like I had to try to follow in his footsteps somewhat. Uh, and John Thaliker, who unfortunately just recently passed away here uh, a month or so ago, was a uh, past president of, of NSPS as well. Those two gentlemen are, were just super great inspiration for myself. Uh, and Pat has, has been an inspiration for me along the way. Uh, Al got me involved, I got involved locally in our, for our state legislation in 1987 as the LSAW representative to what we have here in our state called the Architect and Engineers Legislative Council, AELC. So we actually partner with all the architects and engineers around the state for all of our legislation, which gives us about 10 times the amount of representation that we would have if we were trying to do it on our own. So it really helps us. Now granted, there's a lot of their legislation that's more for them and issues, but when we have one come along, uh, the, our lobbyist for ELC jumps on and helps us. So it's been a really good, uh, I would say, relationship for us. And between Pat and I, we have probably been the LSA deal representative to AELC uh, other than five years probably since 1987 so we Pat's like I say was my inspiration there as well um, but you know nationally as, as Pat said I just came along came on board in 91 on the Board of Governors because uh, John got elected as a director and so there was an opening for me to come along and so I, I jumped in and Secretary of the Board of Governors for, as, as you well know, what it's like to be yes. a secretary oh, yes. for the Board of Governors for five years. That was a very great education. Uh, you and I and a few uh, can count that on our resume. 
And then, like I said, uh, John, I think I elected treasurer, and so the opening came up. I got appointed to the board of directors, and then um, I was off the board of directors, I think, in maybe 2010, thereabouts. I had served, I think, uh, two terms uh, that we could serve, and so I kind of wasn't involved that much nationally, and then other than I was still going to all the meetings, and I've always been a member of the uh, PAC or the NSPS Political Action Committee. Uh, that was really uh, Tommy Brooks, my inspiration there. Uh, he was very involved early on. and In fact, I followed him as Secretary of the Board of Governors. And he and I have been friends, good friends, for a long time. And so he uh, kept that going for all these years. We were fairly inactive during the down economy. There wasn't a lot able to go on, but it's since revived, and Tommy asked me if, because uh, he'd been doing it for so many years, hey, would you take over his chair for me? And I go, yeah, okay, I'll do that, Tom. I'll see what I can do. And fortunately, I think the economy's been picking up, and I've really tried to promote the participation of the directors on Lobby Day, on Day on the Hill, and I think that has generally increased each year for the past three years. I feel like uh, when we're going to see our representatives, they remember us from last year. They, yeah, they do know us. They know our names. So I believe we're now beginning to have that effect. You, you do something for three years, people think, okay, you're not just here for one year. They see that we're here for, I think, the duration. So I see us having some influence, more influence than we had before. J.B. Bird uh, is, is always sending off photos of him with some representative. There, John Pelletier is testifying at committee hearings. We have at least four or five bills that are active right now. And I think the, uh, the primary uh, emph emphasis for us this year will be, which really benefits us all, all surveyors, infrastructure. We all do construction staking for roads at one point or another. Right, absolutely. And we are way overdue in investment. And I think that's one of those bipartisan issues that people can all get behind because we can, we're, and we're way overdue in investing in infrastructure. I see that as our best opportunity. In fact, at our, our breakfast last year, we had the uh, chair and the Senate of the Transportation Committee come to our breakfast, talk to us about right. that. So you can see we can have direct, I believe, influence on making sure that surveyors are part of the verbiage in those bills. That licensing, a licensed surveyor needs to be a part of every one of those projects. And if we don't get our name in there nationally, it'll never happen locally. Oh, exactly. If it's there at a national level, the states will generally follow along with it. So that's why I think it's very important for us to have that influence at the national well and i'll be honest with you something just just kind of dawned on me right here now talk i mean listening to the to the rich history of both of you and where where you came from and especially at the at the state level um and i think you both can speak to this that because you were involved early at the state level even a lot of those state representatives state senators have aspirations as well, they move up to the federal level. Absolutely. And so the relationships that you've started early on in the state level, some of those have carried over into the federal level that they they do know us. They do have friends from, they remember they remember who supported them back when they were running for their, their state representative spot and such. Pat has that. that. You, you, your representatives that you know. 
Yeah, the, my current uh, representative, the uh, 10th uh, from Washington State here is uh, Denny Heck, and I've known Denny for 25 years, uh, back when he was a, a freshman in the State House and all the way through. He's going he's to retire at the end of this year, but he's, uh, he's been a good friend, even if sometimes I don't always agree with his political stance on things. But that doesn't, it, you don't have to enter into whether you're a D or an R or independent, whatever. It's the person who really cares about and wants to do the best for the country. And I support them, and uh, you know, I think that's what our PAC does. Our PAC looks at the individual, how they reference things like uh, John was talking about infrastructure and the support right. for that, and uh, geospatial location, all the things that we're concerned about. They don't have to be a DRNR, but if they uh, believe in what we're doing, that's why when John challenged me years ago to uh, make my, I, I don't do the annual $500, I do $50 a month to the PAC. I'm a regular contributor, like John does, and uh, being that, and I think that every NSPS member that's listening to this broadcast ought to take John's challenge, and if it's only forty or fifty dollars a month, you can do a, a direct thing. You can do it an automatic through your checking account, and it adds up, and it gives us that opportunity for our lobbyist JB to go into the, these meetings and meet with those folks. It's been a real benefit. Well, I guess that's that's what struck me is that uh, even for the the younger set, the our younger surveyors that think, well, I'm young, I'm still getting established in my career, you know, how much can I make a difference at this type of at, at any of these levels? Uh, the two of you are, are perfect examples of getting in early and getting getting familiar with your local representatives, uh, with your state state reps, state senators. Uh, Yes, there is a difference to be made at the at the state level, because who knows what's going to go down the road. And and you both are exa good examples of what ends up happening uh, during the course of their careers. That those are relationships you're building for the future, and those those uh, representatives can help help make or break what we're doing going into the future. Um, so I guess jumping into the pack for a second, um, we'll put have John put his uh, chair chair of the pack hat on a little bit. Give us an idea of what kind of what kind of money are we talking that that it takes to, to talk to these representatives? Um, because let's let's be honest, money talks, and we need that money to be able to to, to find that that right representation. Uh, where's the pack at now, and where do we want to be? Well, you're exactly right, Tim. Uh, it takes money to get into the the rooms, the corridors where the influence is made. And it takes attending fundraisers to where you actually can sit there and get a one-on-one -on -one opportunity to talk to the representative say, here's the bills we're looking at, can I follow up with you? Because that's where they really listen to people. I mean, they listen to us when we come and sit in that meeting, there's no doubt they do, and it's staff will follow up on that. And that's critically important because we're their constituents. But boy, I tell you, the lobbyists can have a lot of influence on other bills that are going on because they network a lot there. So exactly. that time that JV can spend during that is critically important. And so far this year, just since, well, this last election cycle in 2018, we sponsored, or 2016 it was, um, we sponsored, I believe... 18 different representatives, senators, representatives, and 16 of them got elected. 
So that's a tremendous hit rate on, on getting. It and is. those people remember who contributed to their political campaign. So now when he can go and ask, so knock on a door, they check that list to see if you're on that contribution list, and we are. And he's very strategic. JB is very intelligent about who to put his influence with. And it's both sides of the aisle because fortunately, I think for our profession, we don't represent any real partisan lobbies. We, are, we represent right. the public right. health, safety, and welfare. We're professionals. We are out, when we are lobbying for our profession, it is to protect the health, safety, and welfare. I believe that is the only thing we can promote. And everything that we do promote, I believe, is in that same uh, vein of public health, safety, and welfare. So that's why it crosses, I think, both both uh, political parties. That, uh, and so money-wise, what we have right now, I think, at, if I recall, I've been doing, I think the past three years, uh, the we started out with about maybe seven or eight thousand uh, dollars, and we were able to build it up to around eighteen uh, to twenty, and then after twenty sixteen, it went all the way back down to five, and that's our bottom level that we'll go at. Uh, recently, because of the likes of Pat and myself and some others that contribute so much every month, we have money coming in on a regular basis. We can slowly build it back up. I think currently, if I was to make my best guess, because we just attended a fundraiser here last month, we are probably in that, uh, I think we're up to 11, so we're probably around that nine or $10,000 range. Uh, but our goal, if, if you let me get, go there, oh, is yes, the- Oh yes, absolutely, uh, that's what this, it's here this for. This is the promotion. Yeah. This is the kickoff of Drive for 75. Originally, when I first started this three years ago, I, my goal was to raise $100,000. But it didn't roll off the tongue as well, I guess. Where Drive for 75, it's a more achievable. Now granted, we probably haven't had any more than 25,000 in there in the past. Although there were days back when we had the old political uh, pack auctions back in the good old days in 04, 05, 6, and 07, we could raise $20,000 at one auction. So we had some pretty good money, but auctions just aren't the way of the future right now. Uh, I believe, we're, well, our, our golf tournament is a good way to raise some money, and we're gonna really work on trying to promote that more in the future. But really what sustains it is what Pat and I are doing, $50 a month right. will get you into the Jefferson Club. And that's an exclusive club. That's at least $500 or more a year gets you into the Jefferson Club. Now. I'm thinking about having a, uh, a little higher up club to get into that $1,000 a, a year group. Uh, we're exploring that, but right now, if we could get just 100 people, if just each director could go back and recruit one person from their state, that would give us 100 people donating $50 a month. What would that be, uh, $5,000 a month, uh, 12 months? That would get us pretty close to that 75. Right. So it doesn't take a lot. It just takes everyone to say, now from our state, I believe we have three people at least that are donating that so much per month. Uh, we have three or four Jefferson Club members. I still am challenging every state in the union to beat Washington uh, to see you can get the most Jefferson Club members from your state. And if you beat us, I'll buy you dinner and drinks, the whole nine yards. So I'm issuing that challenge right here. Uh, to beat Washington. There you now, go. Now, Michigan, they've always thought they were pretty tough, and they've equaled us in presidents, uh, uh, NSPS, but 
course, we're about to go ahead of them here in the next year or two. Uh, so I would issue my challenge to Michigan to beat Washington uh, to have more Jefferson Club members than us. And there's really no excuse for Texas and New York and Florida to not have as many as us. After all, Washington, six million people, Texas, Florida, oh, yes. we're talking high 20s, 30 million folks. I can't believe those teams couldn't possibly beat Washington. Sure. So if we can get that up to 75, I think we could have a big party for everybody. Well, let's jump into legislation for a moment because I think that's part, I mean, obviously the PAC is the, uh, is the motivator behind getting that legislative support. But what are we talking about? We, let's, 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 let's throw some things out here that we're talking about as far as issues. Uh, like Pat said earlier, that, that uh, each state right now is having to consider uh, the, the, the jump up to the, uh, the new uh, spatial reference system of 2022, get rid of NAD 83. Um, that, like it or not, at each state, that needs support. That needs somebody in there uh, to be the champion for that. Um, and it does help to have the, have the National Society behind all of that and, and uh, where, where we're able to, to get in and, and be part of that. Um, one thing I'd like to ask both of you, uh, not so much your views, but what is it going to take? We're moving forward with deregulation. We're hearing more and more about national efforts for deregulation. And I'm afraid it's going to be, a, it's going to, it's going to hit us at the national level with our, our senators and representatives. But being able to relate the state rep, state representation and the national representation, where does that need to go? Pat, do you have any any talks up any thoughts about uh, deregulation and how to fight it? Well, what you're talking about, Tim, is uh, deregulation of, of prof what we call professional licensing. Exactly. And I think earlier you and I were having that discussion with John about the, it's really not, there, there, there's two kinds of licensing. There, there's the uh, uh, professional licensing, and then there's the practice of, uh, what, do, what do you call it? Um, occupation. Occupational license. Yeah, because they, everybody refers to professional license, but if it's somebody doing hair braiding, that's, that's an occupational license, it's really not as a professional license. So it, it's to distinguish uh, what the professions really are. And we had that uh, run at our, uh, our state uh, uh, last year. They were, in fact, that's one of the reasons, John was talking about the Architect Engineers Legislative Council. We have seven design professional groups, which includes landscape architects. And the, the bill was to take away their licensing, not make them license anymore. Well, if they take one one group, the professional licensing for for uh, landscapers, landscape architects, I'm sure that landscapers would be next. But that's not really the point. The point is that it is required that they be professionally licensed because, like it or not, landscape architects have a lot to do with uh, health and safety, the way they design their their the layouts of things they do. Uh, it's something that there's a national movement. And there's a draft legislation that's sent to these groups who, who uh, think that, well, we want licensure portability. And that's a little bit different. Like most states, mm -hmm. in all states, uh, if you're a professional license in a surveyor in another state, you come to Washington, we have a state-specific. Because unlike a lot of professions, Lancervane requires knowledge of laws and judicial decisions and procedures in, from state to state. And that is very important. So uh, there's actually a, been some bills this year in our state legislature 
for portability to allow the spouse of a military person to be automatically licensed. And we push back on that, our border registration. In fact, I think we're fortunate in, in our state with our board of registration, there are seven members. There's five engineers and two land surveyors. There are no public members under the, under the law. It's all professionals and they do a darn good job of making sure that the, the practice of engineering and surveying the state is kept professional. But we really have to watch out for it and when those come up, I, uh, last year I, I sent uh, emails off to my, uh, my legislators and others that I know. And that's why you keep in touch with your folks to make sure that when you, like John was talking about on the national level, when we go back there for Lobby Day on April 1st this year, uh, we walk into the room, they remember us. And in fact, I remember years ago, my the previous uh, state, uh, U.S. congressman I had in the old uh, 3rd Congressional District, when I walked in, he said, oh, my surveyor's back. I mean, actually, you that's... know, recognize not just, I know you from somewhere, but you're that surveyor. And I was, uh, in fact, I, I, I met with another uh, U.S. congressman uh, two weeks ago. I had lunch with him with about 20 of his closest friends. But, you know, I was in the room with a bunch you're of lobbyists and others. But and he's from Eastern Washington, and he remembered me because of my past involvement and going to things and, and being back there in, in, uh, in Congress. So don't, don't be shy, show up. Exactly. John, you get two cents worth on that as well? Well, you certainly on the licensing that we, we need to be able to separate ourselves from the occupational and the professional, and I believe the national can help there. Certainly, uh, we've, the National has been able to provide white papers uh, to the states. It was happening in Arizona here most recently uh, to help help combat that because we need to we need to National needs to fight it at a local level because once it happens in one or two states, it gets momentum and it just starts to go. Now that was one to just do away with completely with licensing, and that is somewhat a little bit easier to combat because of the professional and. The, Safe health, safety, and welfare, we can combat that fairly well, I believe. But the uh, portability is a different issue. Mm -hmm. I think that still we can probably do some decent battle on that because of the state law requirements that every state is different, whereas engineers are maybe a little more portable because they don't have, they have certain permits or permitting and, and right. codes are different. But it's a, uh, so there's a little bit different. But by the fact that we can align ourselves with our engineers and architectural brothers and sisters, so to speak, that really helps give us. There's 10 times as many engineers as there are surveyors in most any state. So yes. they are good folks to be aligned with uh, to help in the legislative representation. Exactly. Well, that's, you know, that's, and that's good to, to hear because, you know, that's part of what our, our program is at NSPS. It's, it's part of our mission is to make sure that we are out there protecting not just our, our professionals, but protecting the public. And uh, a lot of these, this legislation going forward, it is going to be damaging. And until the legislators from the local, state, federal actually hear from us and why it is different, they're going to move forward on some of these things and not pay attention. If just a license is a license is a license, and if they wipe them all clean, well, that, that definitely doesn't look out for, for the public. Um, well, I tell you what, we try to keep these at a reasonable time frame, and uh, like usual, the time has just just flown by. That uh, if somebody wanted to make a contribution to the NSPS pack, 
what how do they do that John I believe you can just go onto the website go to our PAC site there and there's a direct link to the I think it goes to actually the the e-store is uh, but right from your credit card you can just set up set up as an auto payment and they can deduct $50 a month from your I actually do uh, more I do $50 every two weeks just because I send it every two weeks uh, so I was trying to prepare myself to get ready for the next level, you know, to challenge for the next level. So if you want to do it $50 every two weeks, you're more than welcome to do that as well. But uh, it's that easy. Right on our website, you can sign up. Yeah, because bottom line is is that the job that the PAC and the National Association is trying to save could be your own. Absolutely. In, in the end. It in is. the end. And that that shouldn't preclude, you, preclude the listeners from also... Look into your state packs as well, because the states need that need that support just as well. Uh, Pat, any final final uh, messages for uh, as far as legislation and staying on top of things? Well, at, you know, and I, I maybe I mentioned earlier when I was introduced, but uh, I'm actually online right now looking at TVW, uh, watching a hearing to see if their bill on the NSRS 22 is coming. It hasn't come up yet. They have other things they're talking about, but. When, when it was time to uh, get the bill entered into legislation in the House, I contacted uh, as a representative, not, not my representative, but one I know down in, south in Kalama, down by on the on Columbia River, and he's a forester, and he understands what, what we're talking about, and he's the sponsor. Nice. And, you know, there's no question about it, so actually through this whole process, as uh, like this hearing, he, he emailed me yesterday saying, Pat, I can't make it. I might be on the floor in a budget hearing, and I hope that you know, hope that uh, you got it covered. And and it was and he signed it, Ed. He didn't sign it, Representative Orcutt. He said Ed. And I same thing when my state senator, when I sent him an email to support it in the Senate, he said, Pat, thanks for the heads up, Sam. And yes. that's what you want to have is that you when you that th they know that you're reliable, you're professional, and you're approaching them for something that they will consider perfect perfect well and like i said this for uh all ages of listeners of this that uh this to me well both of these gentlemen have been inspirations to me uh moving forward and staying staying very very active in the the, the legislation process um bottom line is for all listeners for all listeners get involved if you want to protect your your profession this is the way this is one way to do it uh, get to know your local, uh, local state, and eventually your federal representation, and uh, it's 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 like I said the job you save may be your own. So, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you both for joining me today. And uh, if we have any questions, we'll uh, we'll forward forward them on to you. But uh, we appreciate your time. Appreciate everybody here at uh, at Washington that's allowed us to take some time here, and uh, we'll try again another day. Thank you both. Thank you. been listening to Point of Order here on the Surveyor Says Podcast. I would like to thank John Warren and Pat Beeler, both former NSPS past presidents and active members in many political arenas, for taking time from their busy conference schedule to talk PAC activities for NSPS. More Table A Talk with Kurt Sumner and Gary Kent are being scheduled, so send your questions to Gary at info at nsps.us.com and put Table A Talk in the subject line. Also, Upcoming episodes include NSPS Young Surveyors, Educators, and follow-up conversations on current political activities. 
So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And watch our website, nsps.us.com, for information on future episodes. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.